0: Thank you guys so much for listening to Honey and Hustle. We are a visual podcast that features conversations with small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and those in the nonprofit community. We're so glad that we started sharing our podcast here on Anchor FM. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer and it will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you're listening to this right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey everybody, my name is Angela. Here with Honey and Hustle, and this week we're here with Maggie Kane, the executive director of A Place at the Table, which is a nonprofit slash for-profit restaurant in downtown Raleigh. Amazing, amazing concept for a restaurant. Amazing food. So I hear. I can't wait to try it out. And I'm gonna let Maggie tell you a little bit more about how this restaurant came to be. Sure. Uh, we are a pay what you can nonprofit
1: restaurant in downtown Raleigh. We're located at three hundred West Target Street, and we are a regular restaurant. You'd walk in and you'd see a regular restaurant. You would think you were at. Um, some sort of downtown cafe like place. Uh, You smell coffee, you smell bacon, and you see friendly photos on the wall. you hear good music, and you walk up to the register. And the thing that sets us apart is all of our prices are suggested prices. So some people pay that price, some people pay more and pay it forward for someone else. Some people pay less because some weeks are just harder than others and all you can do is pay less for your meal. And some people volunteer for their meal. Um, So all of our prices are suggested like I said, and you have that option to pay what you can.
0: Awesome. So one thing that you said was interesting, again, is that the prices are suggested. So you really came up with an interesting concept. This wasn't something that you came in with overnight, you did something called mm-hmm. fundraising. Mm-hmm. So not traditional fundraising, mm-hmm. right? So can yep. you tell me a little bit more about
1: that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so back in, uh, this was 2014, I was working for a day shelter, working with primarily people experiencing homelessness. And I saw at this day shelter, I, I was just becoming friends with some awesome, awesome people. And I wanted to know them more, so I would eat with them. And eating with people experiencing homelessness or extreme poverty meant we'd eat in the soup kitchen. So at a soup kitchen, I found that, you know, while they're great and they serve an abundance of food and they really fix the hunger problem we have in our community, I saw that we'd stand in line and we'd get inside, we'd get handed a plate, and then we would sit down and have to eat really quickly so someone else could come in and eat. And again, soup kittens aren't bad. It was just so, it was so different than my life experience. And so I got to, I started taking people out for meals. And so a lot of my friends on the streets so it would be their birthday, their anniversary. And so I'd say, wherever you want to go, let's go out to eat. So we ended up at um, places like Golden Corral and buffet restaurants lot. And so my first thought was, Oh, we're here because people are really hungry and they want a large amount of food. Like you would get at a buffet, but, um, that wasn't the case. I said, I asked my friend John, we'd gone to Golden Corral two or three times. I said, why are we here, John? And he said, Maggie, because two reasons. Living in poverty means you get treated as invisible a lot. And here you've got multiple people who greet you, acknowledge you, say hello. And just, you you have value here, you're seen. And the second being that you have choice. Living in poverty means you don't have much choice. People make every decision for you. And here I can choose if I want a waffle, if I want a salad, and I get to make that choice. Um, and that was kind of a mic drop moment for me where i said there's got to be something else we can do so i started researching found this pay what you can system found that there were over at the time 60 now there are only 30 pay what you can cafes across the country Mm -hmm. and said if other places can do these use this model then raleigh can too um so we started working in 2014 to building this model that we have and so back to your original question about friend raising versus fundraising um it was you know I knew that we couldn't ask for large amounts of money out out the gate, right? Who was I? I had never started a restaurant before. I had never started a nonprofit before. Who was I, right? And I had no experience, and neither did our team. And so we decided that we would just start building the community. So from 2014 to end of 2017, we made friends. We would we did information sessions. We did pop-ups. We um, went to we did tables at at different fairs. Um, we did outreach. We'd go to nonprofits once a month and did outreach and really friend race so built the friends that then made a place of the table happen in 2018 and then still makes it happen every single day
0: yeah awesome yeah so a place at the table is really well known in our community for that reason because it is a place where everybody once you go in and you start breaking bread and you share a meal mm-hmm. everything becomes equal you know yeah. we're all sharing this meal we're all participating in um you know this active community um through eating and i think that's so special that you know that's available to people and it's accessible in downtown raleigh it's not like on the outskirts of town where yeah. people are having to travel far and wide to come and get to it um which is another issue so um when it comes to you know getting the restaurant up and going, getting the concept out, and people, making people aware of, you know, this is the type of restaurant that it will be, um, so what was your community response to that, and how have you kind of adapted and shifted to meet the needs of the community as you've gotten started with the restaurant? Sure, yeah, so we,
1: one, we knew, back to your point, we knew we needed to be in downtown. We knew that this is where we are going to find a mix of people, people who are living, playing, and working downtown, but also people who are um, living in low-income housing, who are taking public transportation, who are seeking social services or um again working in downtown so we knew that that is the place where we would we would meet the most people and really be this this melting pot of different people, cultures, backgrounds, and and be the place that everyone had accessibility to, um, and so we knew off the in after the, that that downtown was it. So we had pegged that, um, and then we just started asking the community what they needed. Right. So we did outreach once a month, and we would go to a different nonprofit and serve a meal and ask. What do you want to see? What do you want this cafe to be? Do you actually want a pay what you can cafe? Do, what kind of food do you want? And so we learned from different folks in the community that that needed that may need a meal eventually. Um, we also worked with different restaurant owners. We worked with lawyers, accountants, all these different people, and heard what what they wanted and needed too. Um, and. A place of table is a true community movement because we pulled in voices from so many different people and, and listened and then built what we have. So, you know, a restaurant owner said, you should do this. So then we, we did, we ended up doing that. A lawyer said, you should do this. And we ended up doing that. Um, and so we just kind of evolved slowly, but surely we also got on social media, which was huge for us. And so no one ever said, this is a terrible idea. No one said, Maggie, you shouldn't do this, that this is not ever going to work. Everyone says this is a great idea, right? So people would follow, people followed the journey. So day one, 2014, we posted a picture. I got to go back and look at what that picture was, posted a picture. And we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but people followed. And then little by little, we got more and more followers, just like events. We started hosting pop-up events and learning from our target audience. And from all audiences, we popped up. Our first pop-up event had 50 people, and I think they were like my mom and my best friends, right? And then the next one had 100, and the next one had 150. By the end of it, we did 12 of them. The last one had 400 people come, mm. and people could come, they'd sit down, they'd eat. They break bread, like you said, and then pay what they could for their meal. And there was this diverse, cool group of people. Mm-hmm. We have a picture on our wall with Kristen Cooper, the governor's wife, sitting across from a guy and I who sleeps under a bridge, a girl I go to the gym with, a woman who lives in low-income housing with her kids, all these people sitting together, sharing a meal, and then paying what they could. Mm-hmm. So little by little, people were intrigued and followed along. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, or into 2017, we were offered a space and in when we, we finally were about to open we called on all those people and said we're ready we need your help they all helped us to open our doors in 2018 and they came and they dined with us and they told us what they liked and what they didn't like and we changed things and and so that's we've just always been this big community movement that evolves to what the community needs at the time
0: yeah oh man that's awesome Does that on- answer your question it did okay it did yeah you touched on so many great things in there um one of which is user-generated content from your target audience so a target audience for you is very very broad because mm-hmm. it's you know all socioeconomic classes all you know diverse mm-hmm. backgrounds um, diverse you know industry people mm-hmm. all those types of things even diverse walks of life you right. know because a lot of people here in Raleigh are not from rally right. i'm not from durham right. Raleigh, um, and so you really had to be open to just the sheer amount of different responses you are going to get and try to incorporate them the best way you can to make something that works for everybody Um, And of course, not everything works for everybody, but, you know, you get as close as you can with everything that you do and every time you ask feedback. Um, But again, when it comes to asking feedback, receiving criticisms are not always easy. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when you're building a brand, specifically a movement like this one, which is so focused on the community Mm -hmm. and meeting the needs of the community you know, that's something that grows and evolves and, you know, really aims to have people feel like they have a place there. That's right. A place for Thank the you for saying <laughs> that. That's my goal. So thank you for saying that.
1: I want everyone to feel like they have a place and they can participate in this community movement, like you said. And and the cool part about Table is that whether you're dining there and just choosing to come and eat an awesome biscuit, right? Whether you're donating and paying extra for your meal or you're donating and not even able to come into the cafe because you outside of Raleigh or whether you're volunteering you feel like you have a place and you feel a part of a larger community we we all our, our main mission is red community and good food for all regardless of means because the and because there's a reason why community's first because that's the most important we all are searching for something that is bigger than ourselves and something to be a part of mm-hmm. and table at a place at the table everyone really feels like they can be
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy so again going back to the movement and having so many people being a part of it. You know, I think a lot of people, when they start building a business, you know, the first thing they think when they think of growth Mm -hmm. is, you know, growth in locations, they're like, you know, oh, I'm starting in Raleigh, but maybe we're gonna have one in Charlotte or Durham or somewhere in Virginia, somewhere in South Carolina, you know, that type of growth. But what the growth that you're seeking is growth within Raleigh is centralized kind of growth Um, and a growth within people that are just passing through if they want to have a unique dining experience. Um, that, you know, really gives them a feel of Raleigh and the community of people that are here. Um, So what if you were to give somebody advice right now, that's looking to grow and really just meet the needs of their community, because that's everybody's a local business owner at some point, no matter how big you get. Yep. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is maybe dealing with a lot of criticism, but really just wants to do what's best for the community with their idea? Absolutely. Um, multiple things, the list is long, so
1: anyone can (laughs) call me. Um, but truly I think first it's listen, listen to what the community needs. Um, I, the one, of advice i got that really changed the whole way i I mean i'd worked in nonprofits for years but the one piece of advice was well what does your target audience think what does what do members in your community actually want and what do they actually need right do you have members who are living in low income housing or who are food insecure that are, are they a part of this conversation, right? So I think the first would be to listen and hear what the community needs, all members of the community and or who your target audience is um, and seek input always, right? Mm-hmm. A second being bring people in on your team. Um, people ask me all the time, you know, how did you become an entrepreneur? And I always say, I don't I don't think I am an entrepreneur. Uh, and if I am entrepreneurship, and I actually believe this to be honest, entrepreneurship is, is um, is multiple people doing it together you need people so bring people on your team with different skill sets that you don't have i don't know accounting i don't know legal documents i don't know i barely knew restaurants but i brought all those people to come and add their perspectives and their points to this conversation and it changed everything because we're not we're not supposed to be good at everything we're supposed to work together to make it happen i really believe strongly that that good things happen when communities of people and different people come together to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So I think two things really truly is, one, listen to what your community needs and two, bring people alongside with you and don't be afraid to ask for help because they wanna help, you just gotta include them in the conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. And I appreciate you for sharing that with people because I really hope that people get something out of that. If they don't get anything else, is that you know wherever you are, is exactly where you need to be to grow whatever you want mm-hmm. your business is. Um, you just have to really be of the mindset that, you know, this is for the community and this is how I'm going to approach this rather mm-hmm. than this is my idea, even if I'm hearing that people don't like it right? because, <laughs> right. You, know, you know, you're not going to be successful if you're not actively working to meet the people that you serve.
1: Right. And, and to add on to that, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. If you want to start a soup kitchen in your area, that's awesome. But if there's already a soup kitchen, work with them to create something that might be a little bit different that's also needed in the community right and and use people who have already done the model that you've done or the concept you've done talk to them and ask how they did it and use their documents like we're all just trying to do good here we don't it's
0: okay no thank you so much for coming thanks for having me it's so good to be with you yeah good to meet you in person so me and maggie have like talked on the phone ages ago but we know. know we're, we're just, just now meeting in person. But it's so
1: good to finally meet you and put yeah. a, I mean, you got, you have the picture in your, in your, um, email thing. I don't have the picture in my email. So I knew what you looked like, but
0: yeah, I shaved the head. So that's, I a, love that's, now. <laughs> that's a, good, a good
1: quarantine COVID look.
0: Uh, we're all mad here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we're
1: all mad. Do you see my hair? <laughs> we are, this is the wake up at six and shower and go. Yeah. Look. This so. is the
0: quarantine times we're in people. So that's right. Stay safe. Stay sane, like this video if you liked it, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and we'll see you guys in the next video.